Hello and welcome to Caskets. We are back, and I think we'll be on schedule, give or take. I think so. I don't think we've done too bad these last few ones, have we? Guess who's back? Back again. Crispy's back. Crispy. She's got no friends. Oh. She killed them all. We're her friends. Well, I'm Jordan, and with me is my brother, co-host, and editor for the time being, Luke. And psychic detective. Oh, I, I wasn't going to, like, trump my card for you. I thought that was for you to do. Oh, okay. And uh, Cask Whisperer Law b- Aficionado. Aficionado. Developer. Developer. Lead. Director of Cask Head Photography. I'll even give you uh, Associate Producer credits if you want. Executive Associate Producer credit. How does that sound? That wow, sounds pretty great. important to me. Assistant Vice Janitor. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, you can also be head of, um, uh, is it costumes? Um, head of, is it, do you just call it costumes or outfits or wardrobe? You can be head of wardrobe. There we go. Thanks. <laughs> can I be head of special effects? Yeah, sure. <laughs> just as long as no special effects make it into this. <laughs> I know, you wouldn't let me edit them into the Halloween one. After a Halloween detour across to Isla last time, we found our completely digital presence... Uh, on the open seas, we travelled to Ireland this time. That's right, though, Luke. We're returning to Ireland time. <gasps> oh, nice. Island time part two. Electric boogaloo. But I do have a question, because not too long ago, the clocks changed as well. So are we entering a different time zone and clock changes? Does clock changes affect island time? Do I refuse know? to believe and accept daylight savings. <laughs> So previously on Cascades, when we talked about the history of Irish distilling very briefly across two whole episodes back in season one, we covered some of the bigger players and how they came to be, as well as the smaller distillery of Glendalough and the amazingly muscular picture of St. Kevin that they had on their website, if you remember. Yeah, the idea. The dude that was holding the uh, the bird. Yeah. He was a tree, right? What? St. Kevin wasn't a tree? <laughs> I feel like that was a whole joke the entire episode. <laughs> By the way, the fact that that was season one and I still remember it. Very impressive. However, today we're focusing on one distillery in particular in Ireland with a plethora of information. I've decided to go with plethora being the official kind of um, unit of measure in this case, I think. There's just so much information on it. We kind of skirted around a lot of the topics that apply to this distillery in particular. Because we, I know we've talked about the owner before, Mark Rainier, who he owned Brooklady uh, before it was sold to Remy Quantro, who are the current owners. Um, well, Mark, Mark Rainier was one of the owners, rather. There was uh, a lot of investors involved. Um, and Mark Rainier, he came from a wine background, or comes from a wine background. Oh, I remember this person. Quite possibly. We talked about him. Yeah, yeah. No, I only remember now that you mentioned wine. And he is a very big believer in the term, and I know I butcher this, terrar or terrier? I don't know. Oh, terrar. I remember this one. I want to say terrar, and I will to... be corrected, I'm sure, but I'm going to go with terrar, even though in my gut I think it's terrier. He's a very big believer in this. He applied it to Brooklady when he was there. He um, he instigated things like the Brooklady Isla Barley release, the, um, the Scottish Barley release, obviously. Um, even some of the... F- special field releases that they do. Back in 2015, he actually purchased a brewery in, in Ireland, uh, which was previously owned by Brooke, uh, previously owned by Brooke Lady. It was previously owned by Guinness, who I, I think I've heard of before, Guinness. I think they're one of those kind of players in the game. Um, and apparently Guinness had actually spent quite a lot of money on this brewery, updating it, and they brought some brand new equipment in. 
And then, for some reason that I don't know of, they closed the doors and the brewery went for quite a reasonable price. So Mark Rainier was able to get his hands on quite a good setup for a reasonable uh, reasonable little bit of uh, dosh out of the wallet. One of these stills that they have at the distillery was shipped across from outside of Brook Lady. Apparently it was one of the old stills which they had on, it on uh, exhibition outside. For Scythes in Scotland, they uh, rejuvenated, they repaired, they built better, they built stronger, they built faster. They created a cybernetic still. Uh, currently, the team at Waterford. Um, There's a team. There's a team there. Oh, sorry. I should probably explain what Terrar says. Terrar. Terrar. Terrier. I think you've you've corrupted the word Terrar now. <laughs> uh, yes. The idea of it is actually the impact between things like um, the soil, you get the microclimate and the location, um, and that effect on the plant itself. So it's all these different aspects and how it controls the final f uh, flavour and, and um, mouth texture. And it's not a crazy idea, I have to say, to be honest. I mean, it makes sense when you think about it that something that's grown in one place will taste different to something that's grown in another place. It's not uh, exactly like, oh my God, you've just discovered fire or whatever. You, That's not ridiculous. That's well known. No, that's what I'm saying. But there's this... <laughs> the thing is, there's this hesitance and reluctance to kind of allow it that much of a control of the flavour in the whiskey industry. Because when it comes to flavour in the whiskey industry, the things that people talk about the most is you have the casks, obviously they impart a huge amount of flavour. And you have the stills, which create your spirit style. And, and those you have two the cask whisperer well, the cask creates whisperer. like an environment. That's true. Um, so you have those. I mean, you have the, the location of the warehouse, how that affects the cask maturation. So this idea of the location of the barley and where it's grown and the strain of barley you use, I don't see how it can't make an impact on it. That's just one of those facts. Now, how that impacts the final flavour is what I'm curious about in this episode, because, spoilers, we'll be trying two whiskies this episode, side by side, which we'll get to later on. Both of them from this distillery. Which distillery are we doing? That's the thing, because I haven't deliberately haven't mentioned it till now, because, drum roll please. It's the most satisfying drum roll ever. The Waterford Distillery. Wow. Some people probably would have guessed it beforehand if they knew about Mark Rainier and Irish, they could have put it together. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Waterford, a fairly new distillery in Ireland. However, their approach is, well, unique to say the least, uh, aside from places like Brooklady, which Mark Rainier already had the hand in, and um, to an extent Springbank, they have the local barley resources and things. It's a really big step in this direction. Almost to the extreme, some may say. The team at Waterford deal with 72 different farms all across Ireland, and they apparently have 19 different soil types. So you're going to get all these different kind of varieties and situations applying. All of the barley once harvested gets transported to a special building created for the Waterford team, known as, and I think this is going to have to fall into, um, into Cask Whisperer lore, the Cathedral of Barley. Oh my gosh. Is this like the <gasps> the place where the organization is? Is this who the Cask Whisperer works for? Does the Cask Whisperer work against the Cathedral of Barley? I don't know. Wait, I've got it. Before the okay, no, before the Cask Whisperer is known as the Cask Whisperer. Before the tragic events turned him to f seek retribution, he was going to be married <laughs> in the Cathedral of Barley. <laughs> but wait, but the the Barley priest was there. It was like, I've got you now. But this was before before the Cask Whisperer was known as the Cask Whisperer. Back then, just a simple name. I guess I am the Cask Whisperer now. After losing a love like Jalopy, he could never love again. Exactly. But 
I know, as we know later, over the expanding timeline of the Cask Whisperer trying to just find meaning in life again, he does learn to love again with a little baby quarter cask. But a different kind of love, I'd like to get that. Yeah, 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 different, very, very different kind of love, but still. Love was the journey all along. Yeah, but yeah, he has has yet to defeat his arch nemesis, the Bali Cathedral. The cathedral itself? Yeah, yeah, it's going to become one of those, like, big monsters in the end. Oh, final form kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The Bali Cathedral is a place and a title. I see. Now, interestingly, going back to the Bali Cathedral... Um, OG, the one that we kind of like actually know about before today. <laughs> it's, a light little detail. it's not my fault you don't read history books. Mm, I don't think I've read that history book. <laughs> Is that in the fiction or non-fiction section of history? I'm curious. It's in my Twitter bio. <laughs> if I had one. <laughs> uh, yes, so they have the cathedral and actually they also have um, a little bit of a, an extra building as well called the chapel because they now need more room for all the uh, growers that they they have joining the team. Within these structures, they individually house each of the crops uh, and they store them separately uh, to, and I love this term, to slumber in their own bins. So you put the you put the crops in their bins and you tuck them in and they go to slumber. Yes, the idea of these bins is to completely separate each crop so that you ensure the purity and provenance of each of the batches as well. Uh, there's no cross-contamination presumably going on. And I, I imagine it's a very sterile environment, almost like Fallout 4's Institute. You've got people with clipboards in complete biohazard kind of suits. Um, and they're probably creating robot barley at this point as well to, um, to Or replace... to make it less nerdy. Well, no, I don't know. Maybe Elon Musk has got his hand in this and he's trying to create robot barley. Alongside their many releases, Waterford also managed to be the first organic single malt produced in Ireland back in November 2020. So to get that certification, you do have to have a very strict policy in keeping that organic barley separate and the whole process separate from the rest of it. Otherwise, there's that contamination that removes that prestigious, prestigious right to say organic. Currently, they're producing around about a million litres of pure alcohol a year. So this isn't... When I say a million litres of pure alcohol, I don't mean what's going to go into the whiskey. They then obviously have to dilute that. They are just... I mean, that's a lot of alcohol. I, I don't think you could fit that in a glass. I don't think, like, well, a, a million litre glass, that'd be a big glass. I mean, mate, <gasps> the cathedral's made out of glass. And they're filling it up until they reach their ultimate goal. And then they have glass sharks patrolling it. Yeah, obviously glass sharks. <laughs> but actually, they intend to triple their production in the future. So they were getting three million, using my quick math set. I honestly wish you would have got that wrong. I think. Um, They ensure that they have extended 120 hour plus fermentations. So that's a really long fermentation. And alongside their slower distillation, they create a kind of really gentle spirit with a maximum kind of barley flavour coming into it. They're very barley led at Waterfords, which when you're trying to focus on the individual strains impact on flavour, that makes sense to me. You wouldn't be like, yes, we've done this and now we're going to hide it all in cask flavour. I think that's what I'd do. Yeah. Maybe, like maybe this batch wasn't too good, so we're going to really heavily sherry cask influence this one. Well, because you know, everyone would be like, wait a second, but didn't you do that? Well, did I? <laughs> You'll never know. Now, interestingly, if you go onto their website, you can find a link to a virtual tour around the distillery, which I did earlier on. Of um, course you did. <laughs> it, I actually, I really enjoyed it because I love visiting distilleries. I think it's a great really fun kind of like silly stupid workplace thing that like any any other production i'll be like yeah okay whatever but this distillery is magical you know what i mean we have never been to a distillery i have you haven't we <laughs> we but we did go and see a t-rex we did go see a t-rex that's also true if my vibes are a little 
heavier than normal or, or more like over the top, it's because I'm still riding the high of a T-Rex from yesterday. It's a free interactive experience. You get to go around each of the four kind of big stages of whiskey production, including the warehouses, which are pretty fun to look around if you're really nerdy like me. No, I looked. There is not the Cask Whisperer hidden in a corner. And I, I was on HD. I was on like 4K screen, really zoomed in. I looked at every single inch of that room and I couldn't see the Cask Whisperer, which okay. means he was probably there. Firstly, you can't spot the Cask Whisperer because he's always behind you watching. Oh, I thought you were going to say, firstly, you can't take an image of the Cask Whisperer. He, he will not develop on film or whatever. He's not a vampire. Secondly, do you get to go around the whiskey distillery like your little ball of whiskey? <laughs> like through the <laughs> still really and stuff fun. like, like Ooh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you literally put something in the... <laughs> you know, like 90s oh cartoons for I Ibina. wish you could do that. That would be amazing. And it's like all the fruit had eyes and faces Oh, like that Gaviscon advert where there were little yeah, firemen yeah, like yeah. cleaning out your guts? Yeah. No, it wasn't like that. But oh. I did find that with some really fun, creative kind of like tapping on the angles of cameras and stuff, because you can really abuse how high that... Like, I don't know if they used a drone or what, or like a really tall person or a tripod. I don't know what the technical term is. Is it 360? It's pretty in-depth. It's 360. I was able to sit on top of a still and look around. And I tell you, from experience, you cannot do that on an actual in-person distillery tour. They frown upon you sitting on top of a still for some weird reason. They got the Google car. and <laughs> <laughs> That was it. They just got the Google car and they shoved it in there. So aside from our little distraction, I do thoroughly... If you want to just go for a distillery tour, just like... Hey, it's 9am, I have a cup of tea and some time to spend before I go to work because I couldn't get all the way to Ireland and back. I'll just go on a virtual distillery tour around. Um, Although there are already numerous expressions available from the distillery, I picked two to try side by side. And for complete prosperity, com for complete prosperity even, um, of my experiment, and Schrodinger's cat will throw in uh, for the interest of science. Um, we're going to actually do these tastings side by side with absolutely no knowledge of which one is which. It is written on a piece of paper. Yeah, why didn't you get me to do it? I would have forgotten by now. I didn't want to corrupt the, the data. I would have literally forgotten. It's for science. I forgot that we'd made mum do that. <laughs> We're trying Hookhead Edition 1.1 and Lakefield Edition 1.1. But before we try them, I found out a really good feature provided by the distillery as well on their website where each bottle has a code on the back. And you type that in and it gives you all sorts of provenance to the corresponding release. Now this is crazy how much you find out. So, Hookhead 1.1, you find out that the barley was grown by a Mr. Martin Folly, or Foley. I'm not 100% sure on the pronunciation of the surname, I'm going with Folly. Um, but it could be Foley. The farm name was, funnily enough, Hookhead. The barley was harvested on the 12th of August 2015. It got distilled week 6 of 2017. Um, it was matured for, and I love this bit, 1,364 days. Oh. Which apparently corresponds to three years, eight months, 26 days. Thanks. Uh, yes, so a bottle of 50% ABV, 30,066 bottles to this batch, available on a global market, available worldwide in other words, and it was bottled in February 2021. Now, I thought at first that that was enough information, that's all I was going to get, and then I saw the little scroll icon on my phone. We then learned... Hookhead Farm is located by the Atlantic Ocean, around 10 miles from Waterford Distillery, where their fields are exposed to the salt-laden sea air and storms coming across from the ocean. Very, very atmospheric. I think this would be a very good campaign setting. Then, we go down the rabbit hole even further. There is an audio file of the sounds you experience at Hookhead. 
This is an audio file from the barley itself. Now, barley, how do you feel about this? Well, I, it was always my plan to be under the whiskey. I don't know if it's just the barley swaying in the wind, maybe a little swish, or if you're getting that kind of like sea coastal waves crashing in the background. Whiskey ASMR. Some, some like uh, gulls squawking in the background. One fisherman telling another fisherman to get off their catch. I don't know. Or fish person, who knows? Um, after that, we find out that the barley used in the bottling was stoned back in March 2015, and the spirit was bottled in 2021, which I think we found out before. Uh, you can see the names of the distillers who worked on the spirit, uh, as well as an in-depth ex explanation of the soil composition on site. I didn't know there was that much to soil. I learned a lot when I looked at that. Um, it, was, it was like... Um, I think the people in Tremors could have done with this before they found out about the giant worms underneath Graboids, the giant worms underneath the sand. It could have helped them a lot more learning about soil composition. There are literal jobs to do with soil. It's called a geologist. <laughs> the barley variety, which actually is quite important because you get a lot of varieties of barley, was Propino. Propino. Propino? Propino. So one of the two. Uh, the computer kept wanting to correct that to propane, which I didn't think would be a very safe barley variety, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> I wouldn't want to put propane in a still. Uh, the yeast used was Mori Distiller's yeast. I, I so apologize for pronunciations, honestly. Um, production water, and this is kind of my favorite thing of the whole thing, volcanic aquifer. Ooh, that sounds like a fancy water. So maybe Waterford is a Bond villain layer and there are a volcano. Oh, that's a mini boss to the cathedral, you know. And I have to wonder. The thing is, that's really cool, but also like prove it. They could just straight up make it up. Like <laughs> I don't think you... you can. I think this stuff gets tested by very intelligent scientists. <laughs> scientists, I would say, that are more scientists than me, and that's saying something because I'm a scientist. But also no, but like you just be like, hey, who did it? I think it was Jim Murray. <laughs> Do you know who Jim Murray is? Uh, was that another person? That's a whiskey. He writes the whiskey Bible. I wasn't sure if you were just stringing two names together. Yeah, Jim Murray writes the whiskey Bible, um, which is a book available each year. That was a guess because Jim is a common name and Maury because Maury, I feel it was mentioned earlier. Um, before I forget, it was also um, fermented for 124 hours, this one. Huh. Um, next, you then find out the head distiller's observations and tasting notes, which I skipped in the interest of the science we're going to perform today. I didn't want it to colour or skew our results, it's but a, it is all on there. This is a very information-heavy episode. Right? Uh, yes, you then find out the casks they use and their makeup in the final bottling, which, again, I have deliberately left out so it wouldn't skew my example. So, like I say, a crazy amount of information. Then we go on to Lakefield 1.1. Uh, the barley grown this time was by a Seamus Duggan. Great name. He also apparently won Barley Grower Award of the Year. That's an Waterford. award? Apparently so. Waterford hosts this award. Um, the farm name, funnily enough, Lakefield, harvested the 11th of September 2016, distilled the ninth week of distilling in 2017. Now, I don't know if that means the ninth week chronologically as a calendar goes or their distilling calendar runs separately. I should point that out. Uh, it's matured, and they don't give me the total day number on this one. They only say three years, seven months, and 28 days, so I don't get like a thousand such and such days. Um, which I believe is actually because it might be the code to the secret bunker of the volcano layer. That checks out to me. Edit that out. They can't know we know. Uh, 30,528 bottles on this outrun, so slightly more than the previous one. Um, and it is, again, available uh, to a global market and bottled in February 2021. Lakefield Farm stands on, and I love this one, undulating lowlands. That is the description. 
You find out the barley used in the bottling was sown the 25th of March 2016. The spirit was bottled February 2021. You see the names of the distillers again, um, as well as an in-depth explanation, which again, uh, oh no, sorry, the in-depth, as well as an in-depth explanation of the soil composition at this site. So you can full on just compare the, the, the notes that they got, see if they were cheating. You know, if they are, if they each come up with exactly the same, you're kind of like, well, guys, one of you copied the other, come on. Yeah, you gotta you gotta like change it a little bit. Now the barley variety this time was Irina. I like how the barley's copying other barley's homework. <laughs> Production water again, this volcanic aquifer, because I do believe there's a volcano underneath Waterford where the secret layer is. Um fermentation this time was 142 hours, but I'm not sure if I just typed that in wrong and it's meant to be 124 hours again. That could be me just like doing a little bit of maths wrong. A little bit of the maths wrong. Again, I skipped the distiller's notes because don't want to corrupt the science. Um, same casks I, uh, are used for both releases, but I do not know if their um, ratios change at all um, because, again, don't want to corrupt the science. Now, I have to say, and I know we've kind of acknowledged this already, I am genuinely overwhelmed and impressed at just how much information you find out from these bottles. I can't think of any other distillery that does this. Um... Brooklady's very, very good for this as well, I will say, and I haven't checked their newest stuff to see if it's, it's to this level. Um, and I, I've seen QR codes in the past that distilleries have used, but this sheer amount of information is, well, not thrown at you. It's not like Mark Rainier stood there, like, physical, though. Knowing Mark Rainier, he probably would throw it at you. He is uh, he a very, very staunch advocate of Terra or Terrier, um, and he will defend it very, very uh, zealously. <laughs> um, now I'm not a scientist, unfortunately. I know you've said first that about admit, 28 times. So many times, it kind of implies that you are. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like Batman. Only Batman has, is the only one that has to say he doesn't kill people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the first to admit I'm a little skeptical about the overall impact of of barley on the final product. Like I say, I'm sure it, looking through all this stuff, it must make a difference. It physically couldn't. The the sheer comparisons of everything, it it only makes sense that it does. But the final impact on the final product, I don't know, because you have the, like I say, you have the stills on top of that. You have the casks, which will affect the flavor. Now, whether they pick casks that don't influence the flavor too much because they're refills or, or second fills or anything like that, I don't know. Um, deliberately skipped out that section. But if you're changing the base, then the end product would be the same. That's like making a cake, adding salt instead of sugar and being like, well, the rest of the stuff is the same. It's you that's bitter, not the cake. <laughs> So now we're on to the blind tasting. Wait, where are my five questions? No, we do tasting first, then five questions. <sighs> Rough for me to remember stuff that long ago. So left foot, we have to go left first, then right. Because in theory, these have not been switched around. Okay, lefty. Lefty Lucy. That's your right hand. What are you playing at? Yeah, I'm going to put the right hand on my left hand. That way I know which way around it is. Now, does that sound, does that smell more coastal or undulating lowlands to you? It doesn't really smell of much. It doesn't, it, there is nothing specific in there that I can smell. It's quite light, I will say that. I mean, you can tell this bottle of 50%, you do get that alcohol hitting your nose. Now, I am getting a little, um, a little lemony. It's definitely on the citrusy end of, of things, of the spectrum. It's, it's not down that kind of like green orchard fruits, apples, pears side. Um, I mean, looking at the colours, it's very light. I, th I think there must be some American oak cask going in here. And because it's Mark Rainier, I wonder if he's using um, wine casks or particularly French oak anyway. A little bit of a sweetness to the spirit. I don't smell undulating, I will say that. Maybe that is, I think that could be the other one. We'll have to see. What does undulating smell of and why? Oh, you'll know it when you smell it. Now, I have to say, at 
There's a lot of alcohol there. I might actually have to try that with water in a second. It smells a little sweeter already, adding water to it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, ooh. Oh. Mark Rainier, you son of a cask. You've done it again. Now, I, I've got to say, adding water, just a drop of water there, that opened it up, and it is so nice. I, in summer, I would love that whiskey. That is, ooh. That is, that is lovely and light. It's got the floral side to it. Definitely didn't pick up on the undulating. I think that, I don't know. That might be, ooh, that might be hookhead. We'll see. In... Does it seem, well, you said summer. Halloween's in autumn, so it can't be hookhead. This is the second one. This ooh. is writing. Undulating or ocean, what do you think? Honestly, it's kind of very, very similar. I think this is the sea salt one. Do you think? No, no, you can't go back, you can't go back. I think this is the sea salt one. You, that, you cheated now. I said that first. No, no, cheating. Incorrect, let's just start the pocket. I'm leaving. I can't deal with <laughs> like, these conditions. Fake news. Get my manager. Voter fraud. <laughs> Whiskey fraud. Whiskey fraud is a completely separate thing we have covered in the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think this might be the sea salt one. I don't know. I've, I've got to... It definitely comes across different. Well, yeah, they're different whiskeys. But my I, my understanding is that everything about them is exactly the same, except for the barley. I might be wrong, because like I say, I didn't want to, to influence myself with the cask ratios, but this one definitely... Oh, okay, I'm kind of sold on this ta-da. Again, I'll add some water, because that's, that's got to be the, the hookhead. That one's hookhead? I thought you said that was undulating. No, this is coastal. Oh, okay. This one tastes coastal. It's got that sea salty side. I'm sure you said the other one was hookhead. No, the second one I went, oh, wow, that's got that sea salty noise to, side to it. Noise. Sea salty noise. Oh, I love that noise. I, I, so I say right, because we did left first. Mm -hmm. I think left is undulating. Right is hookhead. Okay. Lakefield for undulating, I had to remember. I need the WhatsApp text where I told you what the translation is. Number six was hookhead, which is what I said. Honestly, I'm so lost. You could be right. Right is number six. Number six. No, Lakefield's number six. <gasps> I was wrong. Cavalan. Cavalan bottle had the number. The left. Do the maths for me. Cavalan is on the left, right? Which okay. means left was first. And it says that Cavalan had hookhead in. Lakefield was in number six. So are you right or wrong? I was wrong. Oh, my scientific career is in shambles. I will not be taking the Nobel Prize this time. Oh, no. <clears throat> As I'm in control of editing, just be quiet for a second. I think the right one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to ignore the results and claim that I was right the whole time. I never ended up being wrong. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. I picked up completely different flavors on the different one. Hmm. I want those whiskeys tested for doping. But I will say this, two very distinct flavors. Even though I was completely wrong with what it ended up being, I got two very distinct flavors with each one. So yes, Mark Rainier, you might be onto something. You might just be, I tip my hat to you, sir. The other thing I will propose though, and when it comes to 10 year old releases, will the differences be as noticeable after the casks start to override those flavors? Now that is a thinker for us to ponder on at night. When the cask whisperer is out and we were in bed. Statements, because we removed the questions. Five facts you learned, that's the term. Five facts you learned. Bali Cathedral. Okay, I'll give you one. There's a 3D tour around the distillery. That is very true. Waterford have a 3D tour and it's very fun because you can sit on top of a still and see other things. You can find out everything about the bottle because they have codes on it. Uh, you can find everything about the spirit within the bottle, yes. Yeah, yeah, that counts. Four, um... 
one is by the ocean. Mm, for bonus freebie points, do you know which one? Not Hookhead. Hookhead? Is that your final answer? Which one are we going with? Undulating is ocean. What? I don't know. Undulating was the lowlands. Ah, uh, see, that's what I thought, but then I thought we got them mixed up. Yeah, but undulating isn't the field name. Oh. It's in the undulating lowlands. I just love that term. I thought that was great. Hookhead. Is? Ocean. Well done. Because Hookhead, the ghost of Hookhead, is a sailor that we have now discovered. Fact number five. This is going to be rough. So, um, fog. Jim Morrie. Was something that you said. That's not a fact. He exists. There are probably several Jim Murrays in the world. I'm not going to Terrarium. Terrarium? Terrarium. Terrarium. Ah, Guinness Distillery. What? <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> no. Yeah, he got it from Guinness or something. He bought the brewery. He bought the brewery from Guinness. It was yeah. previous owners, not the distillery. Guinness. Yeah, Guinness Brewery. But you said Guinness Distillery. Five facts, done. It counts. Well, thank you for listening to Caskheads. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. It really does help the show and may even lead others to discovering us. We'd also like to thank Adrian and Alison Murray of the Weed Dram Whiskey Shop in Big World. They have a great range of whiskeys available and are always happy to help with recommendations. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. See you in two weeks' time if we get on time. Um, part time to Margarita Boogaloo. Alan Time Part 2 Margaritaville. Alan Time Part 2 Jimmy Buffett Returns. Who's Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> Alan Time Part 2 The Palm Trees Have Eyes. That sounds horrifying. It needs to be an Alan Time Part 2. Hmm. I think we'll, we'll see what stumbles across naturally instead of forcing it. Okay.